Beyond. 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 What's up, everyone? That's Welcome to weird. Podcast Beyond, episode 341. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside. He only does everything, Colin Moriarty. Hello. Welcome back. Thanks. You went on retirement vacation. I did. Which, Hashtag it, retirement vacation. What did you do? And do anything. That's what retirement vacation is <laughs> yeah, all about. It was awesome. Yeah? Yeah, I enjoyed myself. I didn't just did nothing, played a couple games, but otherwise just hung out, slept. Red. It was like office space. I did nothing, and it yeah. was everything I hoped it could be. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was fantastic. Yeah. Okay, great. And the third voice you hear, Mister Multiplatform Ryan McCaffrey. Hello. You came by request of Twitter, as most of yeah. the. You're in the ever rotating third chair. Of course, Colin and I anchor the show. Then the third chair, constantly it's moving rotating. different. Well, that's just you. You're just rotating your body. <laughs> um, you were. T- they, they tweeted at me last night. Said you reviewed the show. You should come on the show. You're on the show. That's how easy it is. Tweet at us Done. who you want to see on. A lot of people keep tweeting about, or not a lot of people, one guy keeps tweeting about Leah B. Jackson coming on. Okay. I'm fine with it too, but what has Does she Does she have any insight? What has she been playing on PlayStation I don't recently? Know. That's the whole thing. You well, some PC games. Exactly. What a, what a little. <laughs> we, can, we can do an, on, an on-air Vita quiz of 10 questions. <laughs> And it will do it right in the beginning of the show, and she has to answer seven correctly, or she has to leave. Oh, right wow. Just get a That's C. Harsh. Get a yeah, C. Like that yeah. Yeah, just, just, yeah, just pass. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, Ryan, you host Podcast Unlocked. I do. That's every, IGN's, New episodes every Wednesday. That's IGN's Xbox podcast. It is. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I'd love to have you. You know how much I love working with you. We don't yeah, get we, to do it enough. In fact, we uh, we're going to have to do a little uh, ex- foreign exchange here. Colin, you're going to have to come by Unlocked and talk about your Sunset Overdrive for experience. Sure. Yeah. You got oh. to go down to Insomniac a couple weeks ago. Yep. Check out the game. Yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll have more on that uh, very soon. Thursday. You're wearing, he's, wearing a shirt. he's wearing the shirt. Insomniac Games, <laughs> you might know them, my PlayStation brethren. And there was this sleep. What set. is that? I love it. Microsoft <laughs> Studios. What? You didn't even know they had a first party, did you? <laughs> <laughs> um, in honor of you coming over here Talk and to me. the Xbox that come to the PlayStation podcast, we have a question. Not even oh, a yeah. question so much as just, well, I, hear, I guess there's a question at all the right. end, all right? Tommy. From yep. Oklahoma State University, writes into beyond at IGN.com, just like you can. He says, after a three-year hiatus, I finally got a girlfriend. She's an Xbox girl, so her knowledge of PlayStation is minimal. On our second weekend, the weekend we consummated, whoa, about 13 seconds, I made her play <laughs> The Last of Us. It's 1.36 a.m., and she's been playing for two hours, and she is as enthralled as we all were. I think I'm in love. What a great game, eh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun beyond. Congratulations on getting a girlfriend, Tom, Tommy. Hey, huh? Tommy at Oklahoma State University by I, way of Manitoba. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I think uh, by introducing her to The Last of Us, he's bought himself another 13-second round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at that, everybody. That's what we do. 26 cumulative seconds of bliss. <laughs> After a three-year hiatus, yeah. <laughs> he's been playing in the minors. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Podcast Beyond IGN's PlayStation Podcast. We come to you each and every week. Tuesday as an MP3, Wednesday as the full-blown video with breakouts. After that, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. There are eight items on the list. Eight? It's pretty, it's pretty bad, actually. Eight is enough. I was looking for something. Eight is enough. The, gr- the great eight? Wasn't there. Great eight? Yeah, yeah great eight. Right. That's I, good. I don't That's think good. there's ever been six items on any Roper Report I've written, so yeah, you're never going to be able to use that. Number one. PlayStation 4 may be selling very well, but Sony as a corporation is still not in a healthy place. The company has revised its earning expectations downward for the fiscal year, saying it will lose $200 million more than it had originally expected. Its overall net loss for the year should be around $1.27 billion. Last fiscal year, it actually Damn. netted a profit of $89 million. That can't be right. I think it's $480 million. Well, no, remember they, they sold the big building oh, last that's, year. That's remember what that? I was just saying. I think it was a little higher yeah, than I that. Yeah, he thinks uh. it was more. Um, 
The losses are attributed to, quote, unforeseen expenses tied to the sale of its BioPC division. Hmm. Apparently, they have a ton of stock, unsold stock, and that's bringing all their earnings down. PlayStation, PlayStation doing is fine. Pro- PlayStation doing is profitable, well. profitable, yes. Everything else is just screwing it up. Yeah. Are they ever going to spin it out? Uh, I don't know if that makes any sense for Sony to do. Yeah. So... Because the only thing I think it makes, alive. I think it keeps. It's good for PlayStation. I don't think it's good for, yeah, for Sony. No, so no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect them to do that. We'll see. All right. A lot of talk of Xbox. Microsoft doing that. Well, with not Xbox. just it, it came up. And Bill Gates approved it. Said. Yeah, he was just like, hey, if Satya Nadella, uh, the new CEO, wanted to do that, I, Bill Gates would be on board with it. But it doesn't make any sense for them either, because uh, unlike Sony, who has a lot of cool brands. Xbox is the only brand what? under the Microsoft umbrella that anyone under the age of 35 that gives Zoom. a shit about. You got that Zoom. Internet Explorer. <laughs> yeah, I I used to use Internet Explorer until like two years ago. Everyone was forced to use Internet yeah. Explorer up until they got sued for yeah, it. When it came with the iteration, I guess it was like, what, six or whatever that came with Windows XP was was pretty good. But that was yeah, uh, no, there was definitely a 13 point in time. years ago now. Yeah. So, yeah. Remember when Windows like 95 came with the Weezer Buddy Holly video installed? That was awesome. I don't remember that, no. Video. My first Windows 95 computer was a Sony Vio, ironically. There you yeah. go. Bringing you were big on the Vio for a while. I was. You still got a bunch of floating around the house, don't you? That's true. Oh, those, those are Toshibos. I have Toshibas now, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I used Vios in high school and then Dell's in college and then Toshibas in life after college. Um, and now I have my MacBook, so I'm never going back. Number two. Mm-hmm. Rumor has it that From Software, the creators of Demon Souls and Dark Souls, is working on a brand new game, and that the game is exclusive to PlayStation 4. It's reportedly codenamed Project Beast, and appears to be in the same style and spirit as Demon Souls and Dark Souls. Neither From nor Sony has, ta- has spoken about it as of yet. Perhaps it will be revealed at E3. Looks real to me. Sounds real to me. Dark Souls was called Project Dark before it had a name. Hmm. Um, so, that's a pretty. Looking at the screens and the art and stuff like that, it, could be, it, it would be a pretty impressive fake forgery yeah um and i would assume that sony and or from would say something at this point if it wasn't real you think an e3 announcement i yeah i think i think it's demon souls too um and i they own demon souls um the name so it would make sense for them to do something like that with from mm-hmm. they were very very foolish in letting them run away yeah to namco um and they didn't publish demon souls here either atlas. so atlas did so they didn't even make any money off of the phenomenon that that game was so atlas certainly did yeah so yeah. that's why jack Trenton left Yes, Jack Turner specifically left because of the Can't de- believe I let From get away. <laughs> he, could, like, ne- he like wakes up in the middle of the night sweating. <laughs> thinking about how he let that one get away. Number three, NHL 15 has finally been announced. It will be the series' first foray to the next-gen systems and will also be available on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. The game will sport a new NBC Sports Game Day presentation, including the amazing announcing of Doc Emmerich and come with a bunch of tweaks and fixes. You can vote now on who will appear on the cover of NHL uh, or at NHL.com. Back to center, back to wing, back to center, back to wing! <laughs> yeah. One shot! <laughs> Greg they loves did Doc this, uh, they, they played it this way at the beginning of the 360 PS3 generation as well, where they actually they didn't ship a game in uh, 2006, I believe it was, or five. Uh, one of the two. Yeah, 2005, probably. Uh, they, waited a f- they, they waited to have a full year dev cycle, mm-hmm. unlike, say, what... Uh, Sony San Diego did with MLB the, sh- right. uh, the show on on PS4 this year, where they're like, you know, they took an extra month into the season to get it out, but it's out. But yeah, the last gen and this gen, EA Vancouver holding back and just giving it a full full turn through the dev cycle before they go next gen with with NHL, which probably makes sense because you know that game, it's it does a, it does well enough every year, but it's not yeah. it doesn't. I don't even think it sells what. Uh, the show sells. Oh, no, I don't think so either. But it does, it does well. It does and, well. And I, as far as I understand, I know the guys at Vancouver, they come show us the game every year, and, yeah. and hopefully we'll see it soon. I think we actually might have seen it last week. when I, was I don't gone. remember. I, I don't think we actually saw the game. Oh, okay. So hopefully like, no Colin, no sale. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully, well, they know who to talk to, because, uh, you know, 
I obviously love hockey. And uh, as far as I understand, they let FIFA go first specifically to learn from that game um, and then take Well, there was also there. a lot of financial incentive to get FIFA on the next-gen platforms as soon right, as possible. Right. So. so I'm excited well, about NHL 15. It'll be cool. When we talk about NHL and you know it doesn't do show numbers, what are the numbers we're talking about? And do you know how that compares to NCAA? Because uh, in the EA tier, right, of sports, it's right. always like NCAA was always in the basement, but oh, then I always felt like NFL NCAA. was a little bit of, or well, NFL, sorry, NHL was a little bit Oh, yeah, yeah. I think NHL charts every year comes okay. out on MPD. Okay. Yeah, once. Um, in September. Yeah, when. yeah when it, exactly. And then uh, Great games, don't get me wrong. I'm not, yeah, no, they, they are. I, I, my assumption is that they probably do cumulatively like over the platforms like a, a million, maybe. Okay. Like, that, I, might I be, think, that might even be generous, actually. I'm not sure it cracks seven figures, but I don't have the numbers. Yeah, I don't either. We don't get MPD Obviously, well enough, it, it profits. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, they'd yeah, stop yeah. doing it yeah. the and way they stopped, uh, well, most other sports yeah, at this right. point. <laughs> yeah, they're, talent, they're a talented group. I like those guys. Um, and they love that I'm an Islander fan. They think it's they, oh, some of those guys think that's funny. Yeah, they, they just know that you're a tortured soul. Yeah. Are you still a Columbus Blue Jackets fan? I'm, I was never a Blue Jackets fan. I was just pulling for them. They got bounced, though, so that's, that's you, the end you of You talked that. about them for one show, mm-hmm. and then you made me watch hockey for a couple days, and I never saw these guys. So they, was... they were bounced pretty early. All right. Uh, number four, The Last of Us is getting a brand new patch, patch 107, or 1.07, which should be available by the time you're listening to this. will come in at 151 megs. It adds an all-new difficulty setting and comes packing nearly 50 bug fixes. It also adds new trophies for the upcoming multiplayer DLC. Mm. Um, so the multiplayer DLC comes in two different waves, and each of them will have their own trophy sets. And then the dif- new difficulty setting uh, also has its own trophies. So three Correct sets. me if you think I'm wrong, but I my guess is that the only reason to patch, a, patch this game this far since its release is these are probably all fixes that are being rolled into the PS4 remasters. So they're like, well, let's just roll it back out for the PS3 version as well while we're it's, it was probably probably very very low impact, low overhead for them to You think to do so. This. Especially I mean, they're multiplayer. I think they still have a community, right? I Naughty mean, Dog's really great at keeping those kids going, especially with DLC coming yeah. out. And I cuz I didn't run I don't remember running into a single bug or glitch or anything when I played through that game yeah. right around launch. Did you catch, right before we came in here, Bruce Straley tweeted that for Last of Us Remastered, all difficulties are unlocked at the beginning. No, I didn't see it, but that's awesome because it's yeah. a really super pain in the ass Naughty Dog thing to do to like lock there. <laughs> like they do that with Uncharted too. Yeah, it's, it's, I know, it's crushing. Like a, you have to play through the other ones to get it's like, to Come it. on, guys. You know, like I know, like by the time Uncharted 3 came out, I was like, I know how to play. I have the platinum and the other two. Just let yeah, me yeah. play crushing the first time it's through. It's probably just an anti uh, trade in thing that they're doing. Like, as opposed to giving make you the veteran, later. yeah, like make you play through it again so that you hopefully won't trade it in after you finish it once. Yeah, I still have to platinum. I, my goal is to platinum The Last of Us on PS3 before it comes out on PS4. I have all the hardest trophies, the multiplayer trophies. I have them. You just have to replay. Uh, I just the game. have to play the game. Yeah. Um, those multiplayer trophies are a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's why I was never gonna platinum it. It took me 40 hours of online play to get those trophies, but it was fun. It was worth it. That game's fun online, and I don't like online games. But I will not talk to anyone. And uh, The Last of Us uh, is very Communication, like communication driven. driven, so it's it's hard for me to play now. Do you think you could have done it in twenty if you would have talked to people? No, <laughs> because it's 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 it has nothing to do with with how good you are. It's like it it's just getting through the the hey, Firefly campaign. Is this Colin Moriarty from yeah, IGN.com? Yeah, yeah, I should. Amazing. I shouldn't have named myself Moriarty-IGN because I I really appreciate that people. I get a lot of messages, a lot of friendly messages, and people, but also people that are dicks, and it's like, right. man, I should have, I should have changed my name. Let me change my name, Shuhei. Let it do it, Shuhei. Number five. This is an interesting one. According to Activision CEO Bobby Kotick, the company plans to ultimately spend $500 million on Destiny. It's important to note that the game hasn't and won't cost that much to develop, but the number includes marketing, marketing packaging, yeah. post-release support, and more. However, if Kotick's number is accurate, that means Destiny will be the single most expensive game ever created. Mm. Um, 
that seems like an unreasonable amount of money to me. I, I mean, GTA Five was rumored to be in the two fifty range, but I don't think that was with the marketing included. So I bet GTA was it's close. There, yeah. And, but yeah, for this but game this to do, cachet. but they made a billion dollars in one day on yeah. that game, right? Then this game is not going to make that. I've been saying dollars. for a while, like. Destiny. I would be worried about Destiny as long as it's taken to. Dev- and I'm well, talking about from financial aspect and yeah, what yeah, they're expecting. I don't think it's going to come out and but sell gangbusters. The thing to keep in mind with Destiny is that from the beginning they've laid out a 10-year plan for the game, and it's so all the sort of legwork that they've done to get to dig this 500 million dollar hole, so to speak, now will uh, sort of pay off in you know Destiny two and three sure. in years you know five and eight. So it's. I'm sh- obviously Activision would not go through with this if they thought it was a money sink. Exactly, that's a good point. Act- Activision very, very frugal. They yeah, know, they know how to get around their money if, and what's going to make the yeah. money back and how to make it and keep it. Yeah, not not so frugal as you know, uh, ingenious in how they get their money back and, right. and their profit margins and stuff like well, that. Well, frugal in the sense that they would not publish Ghostbusters oh, because sleep- it wasn't annualizable. And Sleeping Dogs, you're not going to make eighty billion dollars. You're you're yep, off gone. our ledger. See ya. Yeah, I mean, they did that with Prototype as well. And Prototype, I think, was actually profitable. Um, and then yeah. they buried your game Singularity because yeah. Yeah, they were like, well. Yeah, the story of that game is, is interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think – so people have been recently been talking about, a lot about Titanfall and about how how did Titanfall do, right? Like Titanfall was supposed to set the world on fire and clearly didn't, but it also it, it also did really well. Like, and it, that game will have – I guarantee you that game will have a tail because there's nothing else – major releasing on xbox one up until basically destiny yeah. in september that game will continue to sell it will do well i i assume so but i guess what people were saying was like anecdotally that these big multiplayer games that are supposed to take you know destiny is in the activision family but it's really supposed to take call of duty's fire and like the, like get people to buy this one game or these two games a year make destiny or titanfall one of those two games right is not at least with titanfall working because there's like all this anecdotal evidence that that the communities are shrinking, especially on PC already. That like it's hard to even find matches in so, like a lot of some, cheaters it, on yeah. PC. That's been a problem. And so I'm wondering if that is bad for Destiny because some people mm. just like their shit, man. They like their Madden, they like their Call of Duty, and maybe they'll buy the game, but they won't spend the money or the time with it. Um, Titanfall is a really sharp, compelling game. Destiny obviously be on more platforms, but they have to sell like almost 20 million units to make that money back. And now I, I know what you're saying, like. The, the money will be made out in the back end. They're yeah, playing yeah. the long game, but I can't see Destiny selling more than a few million copies. Well, you, you, you remember, know, like, I mean, Titanfall was only on a, a couple platforms, uh, you know, 360, which they tried to make you... Pre- it's not coming. Re- yeah, it's not, that, that's not happening. Uh, you know, PC and Xbox One. Destiny is coming to everything but PC, so current gen and next gen. So figure, you know, even if you don't have a next gen system, they're going to try and hook you on 360 or PS3, and then for Destiny 2 down the road... You know, then then you're going to buy uh, your your next gen console version, right? Yeah, I, I'll be interested to see. I mean, this money suggests this amount of money suggests that their marketing campaign is going to be significant. Oh yeah, homefront um, style. Yeah, so well, much bigger than that. So like, you'll see it, you know, probably during football and yeah. all sorts of stuff. So yeah, I mean, they're they're very quiet about the game right now. I don't think anyone even really knows this game exists unless you're in the hardcore community, and they need to get everyone. Yeah, um, it is on board. It is one of. The, uh, as the, speaking as the previous editor of IGN, it, it is one of the most popular games on IGN right now. Though anytime we do sure. something for it, it's uh, our readers are definitely very keen on this game. Right, but they were about PlayStation All Stars too. Yeah, like that's the problem. We get we. I mean, we have such knowledgeable fans. Yeah, right? that they get who what these guys did before. But like in a commercial, how do you sum that up and get True. it out to people? 
Uh, number six, Sony has trademarked two new software title names. A few weeks Knob ago, Switch. A f- yep. Uh, oh, no, that's ours. A few weeks ago, the company trademarked Entwine and Killstrain. This week, trademarks for Bloodborne and Guns Up have been revealed. <laughs> Sony <laughs> had no comment. Names. Sony had no comment for IGN when contacted about these new trademarks. Guns filings. Up sounds like a bad West Country song, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Guns Up. <laughs> she's gone, Guns Up, and now she's dead. Never forget her. What was that one country song you showed me a few months ago? That was. I show you a lot. <laughs> Have you forgotten? I don't even know. That's my favorite go-to I one. I don't know. Uh, you know that every time we talk about knob switch, Scott Rohde, he he winks it while he's driving his car yeah. and then starts pitching it to people when they come in with a game. He's like, don't what if you call the knob switch? Don't, make, That's don't a steal dick our joke, game. right? No, it was that. It's that all these games are to the point where they just look around the room and they figure it out. And so yeah. one day I looked at a doorknob and a light switch and I went, knob switch. It's a better name than guns up. <laughs> Number seven. Giant Bomb has reported that Activision owned studio Neversoft, the developer best known for its Tony Hawk series of skating games, has been folded into and absorbed by Infinity Ward, the Los Angeles based studio best known for its extensive work on Activision's super popular Call of Duty franchise. Neversoft has worked on Call of Duty in the recent past as a support studio, but now it seems that's all they'll be doing. The Neversoft's name will disappear. Uh, they will be Infinity Ward themselves. No I surprise. think that's sad, but it's not. Yeah, it's not surprising. Activision seems intent on ultimately killing every studio. Well, uh, it makes a ton of on. sense. Uh, that's they've been on Call of Duty right. support for a while, uh, and Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk, and Guitar Hero are dead. Uh, even though there's a new like Tony Hawk iOS game, but yeah, then that's the, that's those are the major franchises that NeverSoft had been handling right, prior right. to this. So it's just like Raven. It's yeah, it's like, the Raven treatment. It's so Raven. sad. Uh, and number eight. The following new games have been announced for PlayStation platforms. You ready for this, Greg? I'm ready. Knob Switch. 2D action side-scroller Apotheon is coming to PlayStation 4. Metroidvania title Axiom Verge is coming to PlayStation 4. And Vita. Side-scrolling exploration game Chasm is coming to PlayStation 4. Don't Starve sequel Reign of Giants is coming to PlayStation 4. Open-world space game Drifter is coming to PS4 and Vita. Bizarre 2D game Escape Goat 2 is coming Escape to PS4. Two. Civil War-themed strategy RPG Ironclad Tactics is coming to PlayStation 4. Co-op shooter Jamestown Plus is coming to PlayStation 4. Competitive multiplayer game Nidhogg is coming to PlayStation Yay! 4. Turn-based strategy game Skulls of the Shogun Bonafide Edition is coming to PlayStation 4. The cult classic Spelunky is coming to PlayStation 4. And fast-moving competitive fighter Star Wall Just the Tip is coming to PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. Additionally, a reimagining of the PlayStation 2 classic Amplitude is coming to PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. Lots of new games. Woo! Lots of new games. Do we? Have you played any of those? Do we? I mean, I mean, I've looked at the Spelunky videos for most of these. Uh, Ironclad Tactics Nidhogg. looks awesome. Um, I'm really excited about that one. That's like a Civil War strategy game. Uh, Nid- Nidhogg, Nidhogg against against my vote was IGN's January game of the month. I voted for it. Would you? What, I figured, Broken, what was Age. Broken, Broken Age. Broken Age. Tim Schafer's Broken Age. Yeah, I don't nah, remember what Broken I voted Age for busted. in January. Busted man. What did I vote for? I don't know. You I don't know what probably. I voted. Yeah, probably. I did play Nidhogg when we were voting for it though, and yeah. it's fun. I, it's I can fun see. I can see playing that for five yet. minutes. Yeah, about five. five exactly. Um, don't Starve sequel, or I guess it's like an add-on. Is Reign of Giants will be cool. I like that game a lot. Yeah, that was fun. Um. Let's see. Axiom Verge looks really cool. This is a Metroidvania game where you use like old school glitches, like that you would see in a game, like stutter or freeze framing and stuff like that, to like get through the game. Yeah. Um, so I think that's actually kind of kind of neat. Um, yeah. What else? What else? Apotheon, When I looked at it, it looks like it has a, an aesthetic style, kind of like Guacamelee. Mm, I like. Now, it's not like the art style, but like the colors and sure. like the way they pop looks a lot like that game. Um, yeah, Drifter sounds cool. It's like a space game, like an open world space game. That sounds real cool. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't know. These are all indie games. All right. Um, so. uh, and they're going to be out soon, one day, maybe? One day, yeah. Okay. I don't know. 
if you are an Xbox guy, want they are we are finally getting a Shut one of the indie mouth. games. No, I'm kidding. What? what are you <laughs> Super Time Force is oh, finally right, coming no, out, which looks Time so Force good. Is dope. Yeah. Yeah. Is that uh, out this week? game? I believe it's next week, if okay. I remember correctly. So 360 and Xbox One. So yeah. been waiting for that one for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I played that at a lot of events, and it is awesome looking. I can't yeah. wait to get it at home. Um, of course, that's not out now. So it instead, let's check in on the Andrew Goldfarb Memorial list of upcoming PlayStation software on all three Segway. platforms by the IGN editors. He's dead. End scene. He's dead. Goldfarb's dead to a... PlayStation 3. Yeah. Bound by Flame is available digitally. It'll be out at retail next week. Um, Hauki. Let's see. You made that up. Stones of the Shinigumi is available digitally in a retail. I have no idea what that game is. And I usually am up on this Japanese stuff. Sports Friends comes out uh, digitally, and Titan Attacks comes out digitally. I'm playing Titan Attacks now. It's kind of like Space Invaders. It's kind of cool, um, but it's it seems very basic. Yeah. On PlayStation 4, Bound by Flame, same thing digitally this week, retail next week. MLB 14, The Show, which we will talk about in a moment, comes out at retail and digitally on PlayStation 4. It's already available on Vita and PS3. Sports Friends is available digitally. Stick It to the Man is available digitally. That's also on PS3 and Vita. Titan Attacks is available digitally. And by the way, it's cross uh, Titans Attacks is cross-buy on all three platforms. Woo! Vita, Borderlands 2 is available digitally only if you buy the PlayStation Slim. What? So Vita Slim. the voucher pack. Yeah. yeah. Next week is Next wide. week it'll be available for everybody. All right. Uh, real quick, we got a bunch of kids who wrote in to us and mm. said, bought the Vita Slim package, don't care about Borderlands, here's my code, follow that's me funny on that you Twitter just... and we'll give them away. That's, oh, okay, cool. Um... Broken Sword 5, The Serpent's Curse, comes out digitally. It's an adventure game. Uh, football Manager Classic 2014 comes out digitally. And just to be clear, that is football in the Soccer. European sense. Football. God of War Collection randomly came out. And it's available at retail and digitally for 30 bucks. And Titan <laughs> Attacks. Randomly came out. <laughs> just the fact well, they didn't we were talking about that forever. And <laughs> yeah, then just yeah, now kinda, it's finally here. They just kind of pooped it out. And then Titan Attacks Oop. is available digitally. So lots of new games on all the platforms, on all three platforms. By the IGN. Mm. Here's what I want to know before we jump to Topic of the Week, which, of course, is MLB The Show. And why Ryan McCaffrey's here. Uh, Borderlands. Yes. When did we get codes for Borderlands? Yesterday. That's not good. No. Okay. They dropped it while you were gone. I don't know if you caught the news. They've been talking about four players. Yeah, now it's, it's down two to players. two players now. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's interesting because we had that exclusive hands-on preview and the video preview. And the game, like I said, it's in better shape than when I played it at GDC, but not running quite as well. Like they said, they're in like the 27 to 32 frames per second kind of thing they yeah. had to make some exceptions with enemy count they had to make some exceptions yeah. with draw distance they had to make some exceptions with even enemy like enemies explode and disappear now instead of like falling and ragdolling um so which the, i don't care about yeah so i'm not sure what the problem is because the game to me didn't seem like abysmal like where it was going to be like like critically panned yeah with that said like if the game is going to be in the and i'm not saying it's going to be but if the game's going to be in the six range then maybe they hold it but to me, it seems like a pretty competent first-person shooter on Vita. It's not Killzone, yeah, um, but it's certainly better than Resistance or Call yeah. of Duty. I, so, th- I think it would just be right the fact that they don't want to. I mean, there's so many people. I'm sure, uh, according to you know, just anecdotal evidence of people tweeting me photos of them buying the bundle or getting it in the mail or whatever. It seems like a lot of people were waiting for this bundle, and I guess if we would have had r- reviews before that are sub eight, sub eight five, mm-hmm. then people are going to be like, I don't know if I need it or I want it. Or da, da, da. Now here's the greater mystery to me. Here it's, comes the greater mystery, Ryan. Ooh, Borderlands ooh. has Tom. like cachet, obviously. Borderlands cachet. has sold. Borderlands Two has sold many millions of copies, but. With PlayStation gamers or people on the fence, it would have made more sense for them to include God of War 
and because it comes out today, and mm-hmm. let Borderlands Two kind of just sit on a shelf and, and release it as, by itself when it was ready. If they felt like they needed sure. more time, and obviously you can't go back. They announced this when I was in Santa Monica in January or February. But like God of War would have been a smart game to release with 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 the Vita for free. You, you know? think it would have been? Yeah. Because be- like here's my thing: is you just set yourself. I think that that God of War is more cachet with the PlayStation audience. I think the hardcore PlayStation audience has already bought a Vita. I don't know about that because there's only eight or nine million of them sold, and there's seventy five million. And, well, PS3s. then they all listen to this show though because they t- tweet in about how much they love their Vita and I just, what game should they buy on their Vita. I just feel like it was. A sh- I, I understand why you include Borderlands too. You get the hardcore gamer that that cachet, but I don't think that's going to sell the system to normal people that need to buy the system. You know, God of War is a. I don't. God of I, War. I, three I agree sell- with Greg. I actually think yeah, it's it's it. Borderlands has a reach outside of the the normal PlayStation crowd. Where it's uh, you know hey I I love Borderlands on my PS3 what I can because you, know, you know 3DS th- this game would of course never appear so it's like what I can get the now oh, I've heard about this Vita thing and whoa I can play Borderlands on it yeah now? I mean awesome. you figure yeah it's it's trying to get that person in like this is like the the proof right in Sony's mind if everything worked great of like here's Borderlands you can take your Borderlands save from your PS3 to this back and forth yeah. go live go play the you know your gaming experience never has to end. Yeah, but I I think that's part of the problem. And I think we've talked about this before, is that if Borderlands 2 doesn't shake out in such a way, then it's just another Call of Duty. Right. It doesn't matter that it's not as bad as Call of Duty. Like Call of Duty was sold, you know, sold like six or 700,000 copies or something. I'm sure. On name but, alone. Yeah, exactly. But no one actually liked it. And, like, you have to include, like, God of War will work, and it's a PS2 game, like, and it will play well, and it won't, like, they have to release games bundled with these systems that work. Like, I don't understand why Uncharted isn't, like, one of these games, or, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a huge risk because sure. like the last time they bundled a game prominently with with a system was a shooter, and it, and it, and and it sold systems, but it also backfires in the back end because everyone's like, "This is what the Vita." If you're if you're just a dude, it's like, "What's the Vita?" I bought the Vita. I'm like, "This is Call of Duty on the Vita." Are you fucking kidding me? Right. You know, like. But I think, I mean, I understand what you're saying, right? Especially with Call of Duty is the example. But I think with the Borderlands example, by getting somebody who likes Borderlands or understands Borderlands or is interested in you know cross save or whatever, you get them in. They play the games. You know, whatever. It's not great. We'll say, we'll guess. It's below what an eight. Then they're gonna be like, "Wow, that sucks." But I have this system now, and I also have PlayStation Plus. I've been using forever. But, but you know, I mean, like, it's your foot in the door. Like, right. that's, that's what I feel like they need right now is to get the system. Because we always talk about it. Once you start using the Vita and playing the Vita, you're like, oh, this yeah, thing's cool. Uh, uh, killer apps, sadly, don't really exist on many platforms anymore. Right. I mean, it's or at least they haven't in a while. So. Yeah, I mean, does does Vita ha- would you say Vita has a killer app that, you, that they should bundle? That's like you play this game, you just have to have the system to play this game. Well, I, I I often say I'm not sure if I would call it a killer app in the sense that it's like you must play it. But I still think Uncharted is the most console quality game on the system, and that's a launch game. Sure, you know that's because Bend is a good studio, but also because they had time yeah. to make the game, unlike Nihilistic with their games. Um, I don't know. I, I what I'm most interested in is to see how it sells because. The rumor last month was that Vita sold 10,000 units in, in North America, which is fucking terrible. Yeah. Terrible. That's like dead, you know? Now, the Slim has already been out in Europe for a while, and I'm not sure how it's selling there. Vita's actually doing really well in Japan now, so it can live again. It's never going to be the PSP or anything close right. to it. But um, it needs, like, Slim needs to work, and so, like, they need to think very carefully about how they do this because they don't have another revision in them unless this this works. And if you want Vita to die in two two years and you keep including games that are not uncharted quality with it, you have to the proof has to be in the pudding. Right. Is there anything coming up at the holidays for Vita that, that could that they could bundle then? No, I mean there's the only moment? retail games that are coming out other than what Sony might be doing after Borderlands, which we don't know, is like 
Soul Sacrifice Delta and Freedom Wars, which looks awesome, but Freedom Wars is a nerdy game, you know, just like Soul Sacrifice. No big, no big first-party Vita games? No. Ugh, that's that that's telling. About. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you hope at E3, right? They're like, and here's Infamous. And you're like, yeah, I hope. But like, like the last four years, I've been saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I've said to Greg before. I feel in my, I feel in my gut that like Infamous will be on Vita, but it won't be by Soccer Punch. Right. Sure. Um, Thanks a lot, Nate Fox. But yeah, nothing big. I mean, but the Japanese studios are going to continue to support the system, and they keep supporting the system, which is a good sign that. You know, Namco, for instance, bringing Tails over and doing their thing, and and I NIS, you know, releasing another Danganronpa and all that. Like they're making money on Vita, so it's just a matter of, you know, how much money you want to make and how much money it costs you to to bring these games over. And also, their alliance with these Japanese studios selling Vita games is just more way for those Japanese studios to make more money. So it, it, it's complicated. But Vita gamers buy games. They're, the attach rate on Vita is much higher than it is on the consoles, um, and that's good news, I guess, for yeah. people that are making Vita games. All right. Topic of the week, toe, toe, toe. Ryan, you reviewed all the MLB The Show I did. I came games. dressed for the part today. I wore my Diamondbacks little dugout shirt here. They're having a rough year, huh? We have we all have our crosses to bear. <laughs> yeah. You have your Islanders. <laughs> I have my Diamondbacks. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, so if, you know, you guys have one of the number one podcasts on the internet. Hashtag fire Kevin Towers, the inept general manager of my Arizona Diamondbacks. We need him out the door as soon as possible so that we can get a, a good GM in there to to do what we now have to rebuild the team because Towers ruined everything. All the all the promising young talent. The youth is gone. It's been traded away for gritty veterans. You know, guys that'll play through injuries and crash into walls and oh, not really be able to hit field or pitch. Those are essential <laughs> Skills. Those are big parts of baseball. of baseball. Sounds like the only thing you got is catcher. That sounds like you got a good catcher. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a fat contract. All right, so how did the MLB The Show shake out this year? So uh, at PS4, you know, it's, uh, it is, they really did a nice job. It is not just like a file save as in 1080p. Because, yeah. of course, the show on PS3, they, they actually recommend you run it in 720p. If you try to run uh, MLB on in 1080p, the, the, the game actually tells you, uh, you probably yeah, don't want to do this. Not a, not a good, not a good idea. Uh, so yeah, PS4 version, same exact game, full feature parody, which is good and bad. It is not like a stripped down. Oh, you know, there's no road to the show, or there's no right. this or no. It's all there, uh, but uh, that's also the other side of that coin as well. There's nothing new, and all the same sort of issues remain. Online issue mm. being the bugaboo year after year after year. Yeah, with why that game. can't they fix the online play? In the I, I don't know. I mean, there's you would think all sports games require pretty precise input, but baseball is all about timing. Whether you know, and both you know the pitching, of course, the the pitching mechanic, whichever of the several choices that the show gives you. Sure. Um, you know, they're all timing-based, and of course hitting is super timing-based. You know, one millisecond different, and you might have, you might foul a ball off as opposed to shoot something down the line for, for a double. So, um, yeah, it's it's incredibly gorgeous. But a lot of people, you know, I'm getting a lot of shrapnel on Twitter. Of, no! Because I gave, I gave it the same score. You know, sure. I did not I did not feel the game warranted a different score. And that's because we don't give, you know... Yeah, it's prettier, but it's also on an exponentially more powerful system. Like, yes, it's it looks better than the PS3 version, but it's on a way better console. Like, it's, so it is, you know, there's no next-gen bump right, for, right. for prettier. We didn't do it with uh, Assassin's Creed, which looks way better on PS4 than on PS3, or anything else. You know, the, the game is not fundamentally different. I mean, you look at the, the closest analog is 
which I also reviewed, was NBA 2K14, which is which actually is a diff- completely different game on PS4 than it is on PS3 with different game modes. And so it got its own review. And I actually, even though it's it looks incredible, that is arguably along with the show and infamous probably the best looking games on the ps4 so far and i actually gave uh nba 2k14 a lower score on ps4 than on ps3 because it's got there's less in it and there's you know it's got its own issues but this is fundamentally this is the same game ps3 ps4 you can bring your save over right if you were playing on ps3 that's cool yeah cross save which is great between Um, all three right yeah all three ps3 and ps4 so um yeah a lot of a lot of people mad at me because oh my god it looks so incredible how can you still only give it an 8.1 well because it's the same thing yeah it's just you know it's it's on a new system and you should expect more from that new system i mean i'm very they did such a good job visually though in the short amount of time they had i mean um, I talked to one of the guys from Sony San Diego uh, at a preview event about a month or so back, and and uh, he said, "Yeah, he's like, yeah, man, it's it was really tough to because well, if if a lot of people don't know, sports game developers arguably have the most difficult job in sure. all of gaming because they have." While they have some job security, like okay, we're going to keep putting out this game every <laughs> year, we're probably not going to get shut down. They have what amount to nine month development cycles yeah. nine months to make the game because the final three months you've got it's basically testing certification and then the game is out so you and know then and then it they, ships and hopefully they fuck off for a couple of weeks to re, re you know right to and then you know it's it's fix any glaring issues that they couldn't get you know any major day one updates or or what have you that need to be done and then they go right back into the cycle again so you know every sports game developer really has to pick their battles very carefully from year to year like they've all got a huge list of man we'd love to do this and this and this and then they have to look at it and go well we have this much time yep so we can only do items one and four on here. We're going to have to put two and three on the back burner for another year. So what Sony San Diego has done in such a short amount of time, you know, getting this game out here in the beginning of May, uh, it does look great. You know, they did add a few animations. There are a few little visual things. But um, the main complaints with the PS4 version for me are, the lo- I mean, the load times are a problem on PS3, even with the optional 10 gig install. There's mm-hmm. you know, the mandatory 5 gig install. Even with the 10 gig, re- loading times are still rough. There's no option. You know, you have to install the whole game, of course, on PS4. And the loading times are just atrocious. Really? That They're sucks. eternal. Uh, so that's a that's a significant problem. And then as good as the game looks and as great as the animations are, some of the cutaway things, like maybe, you know, a batter's just stepping out of the box and just doing a little... I'm stepping away from the mic. My apologies. I'm a better host than this. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> God, you know, this. Like, ah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, just whether there's like a little quick cutscene animation, like just a guy taking a practice swing or something before you get back to gameplay, those tend to have uh, noticeable frame rate problems. Not like super chuggy, but enough to... To take you out of it, like oh, that's kind of that's kind of dragging a little bit from this super smooth experience that that I'm usually getting. So, yeah, great game. I know it's a lot of the the more hilarious Twitter comments I've gotten are, well, that I you know I'm an Xbox guy, so I shouldn't I shouldn't be allowed to review a Sony game. (laughs) Why didn't Colin step in to stop you? Because you know I only play games on one system. I don't, of course, which obviously that's sarcasm, folks. Mm -hmm. I play games on everything, just like you guys do, Mm -hmm. Uh, but also. Yeah, that uh, that I'm you know I'm a I'm a sleeper agent sent in by Microsoft to just how, to ruin it. Yeah, how dare I come in and give this baseball game literally a great score? Mm-hmm. Eight point one means great on the IGN scale. I don't play anything below. So an 8.2. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the 
the extended version of, sure. of how I came to evaluate the PS4 version of the show. Real quick before we move on to questions, I guess, because we have questions for Ryan, I assume. We got one, yeah. One, one. Uh, I want to give. I want to reiterate and, and kind of reinforce what what Ryan was saying about Sony San Diego and generally the the sports studios. I, I think that a lot of people give the quote unquote lazy developer shit to, to a lot of these guys and like really Not don't opposite. understand don't understand the nature of, of game development at all when you say that um, and don't understand the nature of sports development like Ryan was saying with these with these short dev cycles. For just to sh- I've been to Sony San Diego and to give you an idea of how committed and how crazy those guys are. By the way, a lot of that's a lot of those guys are ex. Uh, Baseball players from college and from the minors, a lot of them, or a few of them are even scouts in the MLB, Hmm. and so like they know the game, but the producer of the game has a fucking mattress on the ground in his office, because he sleeps there all the time. So... Um, I remember walking in and being like, "What?" Like it was like, <laughs> like it was like, yeah, it was like there was like, couches everywhere and blankets, and I yeah, there, there was a mattress or something. I was like. It was, we, you know, it was like, wow. And, you know, I was down there talking to Christian Phillips, a, a friend of ours who runs that studio. Um, you can find him on Twitter. And they're just crazy dedicated. I feel like uh, Naughty Dog, obviously great studio, Sony Santa Monica. These are great studios. But, but, like, I think the unsung hero in the first party family for Sony is actually Sony San Diego because these Most guys definitely. don't have the luxury of spending more than a year on a game. So, you know, give them props, you know, Absolutely. like for sure, because they're doing a nice job. And it's not easy to make sports games. Ask 2K. How easy it is to make a baseball game, you know. So. Well, and and you even you know, say EA, you know, FIFA is a great series, NHL a great series, you know, those games are done out of EA Vancouver in Canada, and uh, you know it's largely the same core teams that work on this year to year. But I certainly in my time covering this industry, you know, guys do move around. Like the NHL producer might move over to, you know, to FIFA or you know they do share Sony San Diego. That's all they do is baseball. <laughs> so. That's they, they are 100% focused on that all the time, and I think that's definitely a part of the reason that that series is so good. And why it's like year. the dominant force, why it's run every other show out of business. Yeah, well, and nobody wants to screw with them. It's uh, it's it's astounding that uh, that it really is the only simulation baseball game left. I mean, I know yeah. that you can make money. I mean, that's the show makes money. It's I'm kind of I'm sure EA has looked into bringing back MVP baseball and they've probably just determined that it probably wouldn't make them enough money to make it worth their while which sure. is really upsetting for Xbox players we have nothing the RBI baseball ship which is a garbage downloadable <laughs> arcade baseball game that's just riddled with flaws what I would love is for a game. I, I was on NVC a couple weeks ago talking about you know underrated NES games, and one of my, one of my favorite NES games was Baseball Stars. I don't even remember, remember that game. It was way, way, way ahead of its time, like extraordinarily ahead of its time, yeah. like probably by seven or eight Is years. Is this the one you kept like you kept the the notebook on? No, no, that was no. I didn't have to do that because this it is the kept, first it, one that did it. For yeah, you. because it kept your stats. You paid your players. You could trade them. You could make your own teams. Make your own play. It was unbelievable. It'd be funny to have that like a, a really quality. Um, not licensed baseball game come out that was still really fun to play because of the immersive simulation qualities of it. Um, very similar to um, what was it, All Pro Football? Remember yep. that where they out? signed the the uh, like the legends, the legends separately, yeah. and it, like that game obviously bombed. They only did one of them, but that game was actually really good. Yeah. Um, and if you could just position it in such a way, you know, charge a certain amount of money for it, and say like it's not licensed, but it's fun and it's deep. Um, I think that that would be really cool, you know, because the MLB license is going to cost money. The show has it all locked down, and you have to wonder if the show will eventually atrophy because they have no competition. Because they're Hope certainly not. not above that. I mean, that's what happened with Madden. So, yeah. Um, 
you know, you not that you cut corners intentionally, but you don't have to watch your back. Yeah, um, I, and I think watching your back. Really I do important. wonder if uh, the existence and s- continued success of the show is is actually a reason why there's no MVP baseball that's back because maybe EA took a look at it and went, okay, well, yeah, we'd we'd sell well on Xbox, right. obviously, but boy, I don't think we'd sell much of anything on PlayStation because the show has this on lockdown. Yeah, I wonder, plus, plus, I mean, the amount of time to invest to start from scratch and get up to 100 exactly. miles per hour like the it's, show goes at. Well, yeah. that's the thing. If they were going to do it, they would have... I think we would have heard about it already. I mean, unless they're going to come out and surprise me. I mean, this... If it, if it could happen at E3 this year, it's not like this would be the time. Like, you'd have to announce, oh, hey, we're getting back into baseball. We've been working on a thing for two years. We'll have it out for next year's baseball season. If it if EA doesn't announce anything this year, it's... It's probably almost certainly not happening. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. I mean, it's certainly a boon for an unintentional boon for Sony, but I'd like to see some competition get in the field. Of course, and try to do some different things. And MVP was, a, I mean, I think it's still the best baseball. MVP Baseball 2005. Baseball fans know what I'm talking about. And with all full respect to the show, I think MVP 05 was the best baseball game ever made. And that was around the time right before the show started coming out. So it was like they never. They never got to go head-to-head for a prolonged period of time. Right. Um, and then, obviously, the show put 2K away. 2K12 was the last baseball game, right? Uh, yeah, they skipped it. Wait. Did they skip last year, or did they crap out that file-save-as version last year? I don't quite remember. Yeah, it was, one of the, it was either last year or the year before when they did that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm curious to see how that game sold on PS3, towards your point about how a new MVP baseball from EA would sell on so PS3. I used PS4. to have, in my old job, I actually had access. Uh, I guess I can talk about this now because who cares. But I had access to the, <laughs> who cares? The, full, the full NPD list, which is, you know, not a public document. Right, you pay lots of money. Uh, for and the, back in the day, uh, yes, uh, the show, you, I'd see on the show on PS3 and then uh, MLB 2K on PS3, and it was, I mean, it was, we're talking exponential difference. It was, if you were a, if you had a PlayStation, you bought the show. If you're, if you bought a baseball game, you did not buy MLB 2K. But the game would, you know, 2K would do well on Xbox, mm. obviously. But yeah, it was, interesting. the difference was, was night and day. And uh, one final thing, Greg, to, yeah. not to drag this segment on for too long. the week, take your time. I've had some questions on Twitter, uh, if, you know, from Xbox fans, should I buy a PlayStation 4 f- for the show? Should that be? And that was not that was George's question. Oh well, there you go. I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting ahead of you. Uh, and I would say not only are there plenty of other great PS4. I mean, if even if you end up doing most of your multi-platform gaming on Xbox, you know, whether it's because your friends play on live or what have you, but there'll be plenty of great Sony exclusives. You know, Uncharted and and everything else coming up. But just for the show, I think if you bought a PS4 now for 400 bucks, I don't think you'd regret that purchase playing the show for the next five, six, seven, eight years. So I think, yeah. I mean, wow, if you're okay. if you're a dedicated baseball fan, I don't. I'm not encouraged. I'm not saying run out and buy a PS4 just for the show. I'm not saying that. But if you're a dedicated enough baseball fan and you look at it long term, you're talking about the franchise, not about just the franchise. Iteration. Yeah, okay. I don't think you would regret buying a, a PS4 largely to play MLB The Show on every year. And now E3, they're going to come out and be like, here's more Microsoft, and here's our exclusive baseball game. And that's like, not, I can, I can virtually <laughs> promise you that's not happening. They did that once. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft made a baseball game called uh, MLB Inside Pitch. And then 
you remember you guys dig into your history and remember that uh, originally EA, when things first started going online, EA had all their sports games online on PlayStation Network yeah. and not on Xbox Live because they were you know just very embedded with Sony back then. It's PlayStation Two sure. era, and when when uh, Microsoft finally convinced EA to 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 bring all their sports games to Xbox Live. There almost certainly was a was an under the table agreement that Microsoft was going to back out of sport because they stopped their they had a football game, they had a baseball game, they had a basketball game called Inside Drive, and then they had Lynx Golf, which they'd bought recently, yeah. and they had uh, Topspin, and oh, Microsoft walked away from all of that. They had the XSN Xbox Sports Network, where it was all mm-hmm. like they were going to do all these like. Tr- stats on the web you could go on sure, their website sure. and check all your stuff and they 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 quietly shut all of that down as soon as ea uh, yeah, came online yeah i'm so. sure that's not not a coincidence one last question about mlb yes this was the first year where you could bring your saves from the previous years over right so uh, it was, you were able to import from uh from I, 13 to 14 i don't remember that part if it was i know it's this they, they had finally had to cross because last year you could only do like home run derby across Vita and PS3, oh, but no. yeah, this year it's it it's you know cross save. I don't remember if you can import. I know they like Road to the Show stuff. I think it was. I think that I think it's new this year where you can this year you'll be able to import for future years. Oh, okay, that's probably uh, what it is. that's yeah. right. That, yeah. If yeah. I remember yeah. correctly, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's, cool. I, I know had, that's a big thing and people really complain yeah. about. I I think that shit sucks too when I do on NHL when I create a player and then you're just kind of yeah. stranded. The yeah. best was when you the the parody between the EA football games when I had, you know, NCAA I'd have a guy build up for 4 years and then I could bring him over to Madden and have a Madden career with him. I loved that one. That yeah, one. it's very neat. Raphael writes into beyond at IGN.com just like you can and says, "Hello Beyond Crew." Hello. You guys can't imagine how excited I am that Amplitude is back. The game was perfection back in the day, and for, with the first release, screens make it look more Wipeout-ish. That said, is it okay for Harmonix to kickstart the game? Oh, it, Isn't this a Sony <laughs> Here IP? We go. Shouldn't they just fund it? Makes me think Harmonix really wanted to do it, but didn't want to g- take the risk. While Sony didn't want to do it at all, but said, if you can pay for it, go ahead. Did, Your does, thoughts? Does that question come from Colin M. in say, San Francisco, California? The senator from Long Island has the floor. No, I don't think it's okay, but I mean, it's I, I we've been down this road a, a million times, right? Like, I think, I think especially for big developers, established developers like Harmonix, even though they're kind of a, a shadow of what they were maybe a few years ago, um, it's wrong. It's just inherently wrong for them to kickstart these games. They can get capital on the private capital market. They can find an investor or an angel of some sort to give them the money they need. And I don't think it's right that these companies kickstart these games. I understand if you want the game, like, more power to you. I'm not saying you shouldn't kickstart games. I'm just saying that, like, they're doing it with no, all the... You incur all of the risk. They incur none of the risk. You know, they, they are, right. like, they the, every dollar they make is going to be profit. You know, like, it, because they didn't pay for the games development. So they got all the money up front. So when people say it's like a glorified pre-order, it is, except for the fact that, you know... A pre-order usually comes for a game that's been in development for a few years, that's being published and supported by another company, and, and I, I just think it's unsavory. I mean, I, that's just where I stand on it, right. um, especially for big companies like this. And when it comes to, it's it's so weird and sorted because Sony does own that that name, so right. like Sony has to endorse this. But then if they only need seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, like you don't believe in the game that much that you won't give them seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's nothing, you know. God of War costs like what fifty million dollars or something to make. It's like. That's nothing. That's like right. no, no money. Like you don't even think you'll make that back. 
So I don't you, know if it's that right as, as much as like I think this is a sticky situation that Sony does own the IP, right? So they have this. Harmonix wants to make it because like fans never shut up about it. Right. People like me and Mitch talk about it all the fucking time. And so they understand that, but Sony has their books and ledgers and everything else they have to keep straight, right? We, you know, I, I, I made your business lose at one how, point. They did lose $1.2 billion? Yeah, and so they have their plan for the next few years. So maybe, I mean, yes, you know, $700,000 to them is a drop in the bucket, but it's a drop in the bucket that they didn't plan for right now. And I thought it was interesting. Mitch wrote a story, you know, he talked to John Drake about how this happened, and it started with an IM to Adam Boys, right? It was like, yeah. we want to do this as a passion project, and then it just went from there and got really quickly to this point where now it is a possibility. Yeah, I don't inherently disagree with you, Colin, I certainly don't feel as strongly. For for me, it just comes down to it, with Kickstarter. I know you're coming at it from a much deeper perspective, and and that and that's a that's a sound thing to do. But for me, it's you know you're the Kickstarter. It's it's very clear up front. What you know, you know that you are taking the risk of if you back it for twenty dollars or forty dollars, you know that maybe you're you're not gonna see that. And you know that you're not gonna profit off the back of it. It's so I, I think it's it if there's nothing shady about it. There, you know, there's I think the expectations are laid out up front. So that's where I just have no problem with Kickstarter. So it's like, you know, if you if you have those uh, objections, then you know, you don't have to back it, but you know, if you are psyched for it, uh jump in. Yeah, I agree. I mean it- to be clear, like my most anticipated game of the year is Shovel Knight. That's a Kickstarter game, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm not. I didn't support it. I'll be. I'll be happy to buy it. Yeah. When it comes out, and it's the same thing with when Mighty Number no. Nine was announced, which is by Inafune. It was my favorite. You know, Mega Man Three is my yeah. favorite game of all time. Everyone's like, you're gonna break now. And I'm like, no, I won't. I'm not supporting that game. Like, I'll buy it when it comes out. I'm yeah. not. I'm, I will you want to support the traditional method, right? Exactly. And it's it's not that the traditional method is definite is like this this untouchable thing. Obviously, the traditional method of having a publisher is, has largely disappeared for indie games, especially on PlayStation, where they don't have they can self publish. Um, and kind of get away with it, like you know, cutting out the middleman or whatever. And I understand that there's that these situations are rife with risk, you know. And I have no problem with these games being made. I have no problem with people paying for them ahead of time, and and they know what they're getting into, and that's totally great. To me, it's like everyone's always says like this is free market capitalism, and I'm like, no, it's not. It's a free market, but it's not capitalism. That's not capitalism, and that's donations being given to people that then use your money to make a game and then keep everything that comes from it. But would you rather would you rather uh, a publisher take a huge cut of that through a traditionally or would you rather your money go straight to the developer? I I think that you know we have we have an industry where big name developers are closing left and right. Uh you know it's a real it's a really difficult industry is is this a you know is this a good thing to have to have your effectively your pre-order money go 100% to the developer rather than 50% of it to Activision or somebody? Sure, but like I'm not I'm not so worried in the traditional sense where the money ends up that I give them. What I'm interested in is when you pay for a game in its in its in its pre-production stage or even pre-pre-production stage. Um you don't know what you're going to get at the at the back end, and I like the idea of saying like, okay, like this game's announced two years before it comes out. Game X, um, publisher Y is publishing the game. We see more and more of it. It sounds really promising. The more you see it, ah, oh, this game's not really shaping out. This game's not really shaking out. And then the reviews come out. It gets like a five or six. You're not interested in buying anymore. Well, that you're that's fine. You didn't lose anything. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like the publisher lost the money. That's their problem. Yeah. You know. And like to me. That is a that is actually pro consumer and safeguards the consumer against making bad investments. Now, I'm not saying that like people don't have the right to do with the, their money what they want because that is what the situation is. And again, it is free market. Like to say like, do what you want with your money. We want your money. We want we have this product. We'll give you the product in return. I just don't have it. Like uh, you know what happened with Oculus was a, was a great example. Like the perfect example of why this is bullshit. You know and <laughs> and like and like 
when that ha- when that happened, I was like, I told you guys, you know, like they kick they kickstarted. They had an angel investor probably that probably gave them like a couple million dollars. Then they went on Kickstarter and they raised like what sixteen or twenty million dollars, whatever it was. Then they used that money to make proof of concept that encouraged other investors to come. Then those investors sold the the thing that was kickstarted and made two billion dollars. You know, like to me, I'm like, wow, that like when I when I read that, I was like, that's fucked up. You know, like they basically just abused that system to make a ton of money. You know, and it was. Because games don't scale to the level that Oculus and hardware often scale to, you're not going to see that kind of thing often happen. But publishers do step in to Kickstarted games, and they don't assume the risk. You know what I mean? Or Kickstarters fail, and then publishers go and, and save them. But right. the, the, but it's already been proven. So this safeguards publishers. I don't think it safeguards developers, because developers are going to make their games regardless. They don't have to have a publisher. They can publish it themselves. They can find capital themselves. So I think that the issue is multifaceted and very complicated. And I vacillated a little bit on how I feel about it in terms of like my visceral anger about it, which I used to have like real like I used to be like really mad about Kickstarter. Now I'm like whatever. If you want to do what you want to do, but it's also telling and illustrating its own story as time goes on that a lot of these projects are failing, people are disappearing with the money, and things like Oculus happen where they just make a shitload of money based on your own money being, you know, proof of concepted. So it's a complicated issue. But I hope people understand where I'm coming from when I say that. You know, I don't want I want these games to be made. I want people to enjoy good games, and I want the developers to make money. I don't know. Money. I mean, yeah. See, for me, and I think we were tweeting back and forth about this at the time. It's you know, yeah. You you know, you know, you're not an investor when you donate your to to the kick to the Oculus Kickstarter, and Facebook buying it for two billion dollars just means you're gonna get the. You went from a maybe a fifty percent chance of ever seeing the product that you backed being made to like a 98% chance and it's probably going to be even better than you can imagine because they have the full muscle of Facebook supporting them. So when I donate my $100 or whatever it is to Oculus, which I mean I didn't, but just in a hypothetical example, it's you know you I thinking wow, a really cool VR headset, the kind of thing we've dreamt about for years and years and years going back to when those old VR setups would happen in the mall, mm-hmm. you know, with those with the whole <laughs> with the pods and you put on the helmet and you hold the joystick thing. It's like, wow, a real cool one in my home. Like, yeah, I'm willing to, like, yeah, I'm going to put my $100 in and hope that I get a headset, you know, and yeah. hope that I get one in time. And then, oh, wow, they got bought for $2 billion by Facebook, John Carmack's running the whole thing. I'm going to get this product, and it's going to be amazing now. And I helped make that happen. See, I'm in your camp with it, and I, I, that's my same thing, right? If I'm donating, like, I donated to Amplitude, right? Like, yeah. I'm donating because I want that product, yes. and I want those people to succeed. And so I know the risks that maybe if it, again, hypothetically, if I had donated Oculus, they got by Facebook, that would have been like, awesome for you guys. I did that. But then there were these people, right, who flipped out at that announcement. Now Facebook's going to ruin it and blah, blah, blah. And I, I never would have donated if I knew that. Well, it's like... But it's not only that. Spoilers, I mean, you should have known that. But 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 people weren't – I mean, there were people that were upset that Facebook specifically acquired Oculus. But that wasn't what people were mad about. What people were mad about was saying, like, the spirit of what we were trying to do was anti-establishment. Sure. And that we were giving you money to, to, to create a proof of concept, not to convince other investors to give you money and then blow up your company and walk away. You know? Like, yeah, yeah, I understand. And so, like, that is, like – that is the problem, I think – in 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 the in the realist sense, it's not the product, it's not the idea, it's not like because there are games on. There's so much shit on Kickstarter where I'm like, I would totally buy this. Yeah, it's just the order of operations that I have a problem with. That's it, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and I mean, the story hasn't changed. I mean, we have a conversation with Colin about this. We've talked about this on the podcast beyond a million times. The story really hasn't changed. It's just, you know, I just kind of wonder where crowdsourcing is going. And I know that you know the idea that I've had already exists in some form, which is to say, like, sell 
shares of your of your product. Like yeah, yeah, if yeah. you really believe in your game, like if you need a hundred thousand dollars, just say we need twenty people to give us five thousand dollars and you will own each own we will own fifty percent of the game, you will each own your own five percent of the game, and then we will split the profits. I, if there that should exist, I'd give money to all sorts of games. You know? Because yeah. I'd be like, fuck you know, like Mighty Number no. Nine is gonna be a huge game. You know, well, and if, blew and if away could, its Kickstarter goals, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I know, and it's gonna be on. It's gonna be on Vita, which is unbelievable. Yeah. And it was like, and it was <laughs> on Vita, and it's like I would have given. You know, if Inafune was like twenty thousand dollars gets you, to, you know, four percent or something like that, I'd be like, okay, you know, like, but like it's, I just have a pro, I just have an inherent problem with it because I don't want people. Free market capitalism is getting is getting rich, or succeeding based on taking risks. That's the whole point, you know, and. That's that's what I have in it. That's that's all I take issue with. So, you know, I wish these games well. I wish Amplitude well. Amplitude is certainly going to be just fine um, <laughs> by the looks of it. By the first day that they've you know accrued you know x amount of money, but um, I just wonder what the market, what it says about the market where you can't find an investor, right? And I think there's a lot of shit on Kickstarter that the market doesn't want, right? But, but remember, I mean, we're dragging this on more. I don't Greg. Care. This is what we're a conversational podcast. But publishers are becoming so much more risk averse. We're seeing it. I mean, that's the, true. The middle class of gaming is gone. Yeah, yeah. The games that great games that existed in the PlayStation Two original Xbox era. Some of my favorite games. I mean, there's a Japanese game uh, that Namco did for Xbox. It was an exclusive called Breakdown. It was this first person. I don't know if you get. I'm, looks on your faces. Tell me. You guys I don't remember Breakdown. Game, but no, I don't either. It was a first, per, like a just mi- almost pre Mirror's Edge esque, like completely committed to first person science fiction story. It was a, it was basically a melee game, first person melee game. Um, where you just wake up mysteriously, you you eat a burger and then vomit it up immediately, yeah, all in first. Just like, like me. go look it up on YouTube. Trust me, but just this incredible science fiction game. But it's the kind of game where today that would never get greenlit. Sure, there is no middle class of games left. Uh, sadly, much like our own country, we have the we have the the one person. We have the super haves and the super have nots. You know, you got all these. Look at PlayStation Four. You've got these super indie titles, which are great. But then you've got these super triple A's like Infamous. Right. You have nothing in between anymore. There's no more THQ. THQ well, is here to publish the mid-tier games. That's part of it, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, I feel like you know, Kickstarter offers a, a chance to, you know, in a risk-averse publisher environment, to get some of these games made that that probably would never, that obviously would, because you know, of course, every game that that's on Kickstarter, they've obviously pitched it, and most pu- right. most or all publishers have turned it down or said, well, I'm not so sure. So you know. I think it's a chance to get some games made that we wouldn't ordinarily have uh, have had a chance to get made. That's but, true. That's a good, that's a good point. I also think it's a control issue too. I think publishers, a lot of these guys, don't want publishers in their shit anymore. Mm-hmm. That's and, and, very true. And that like publishers adversely affect games often with the decisions. Like that movie they make. studios, exactly. Right. So I think that that's a legitimate, totally legitimate qualm. You know, to remove the middleman. Yep. But you don't need a publisher to have money. So you just need someone with money. But this is an easy way to do it with no risk. Move on. Alec writes into beyond.ign.com just like you can. It says beyond. Beyond. Last week, reader Jamesy wrote in about JRPGs to play on the Vita. I've been a fan of Beyond for about a year now, and I gave Persona 4 and Ninu Kuni a serious effort based upon your fervent ravings to their quality. Don't get me wrong. I think they were very good games, but I gave up after about 10 to 15 hours because it, I felt overwhelmed. Then, this little gem... The nature of the JRPG. Exactly. Called Child of Light comes out last week, and I finished it last night. And oh man, what a great experience that was. I'm already getting excited for New Game Plus. Do you guys consider Child of Light a JRPG since it seems to be made by a bunch of French guys? <laughs> and if so, how do you think it compares to games like Persona 4 and Ninu Kuni? Alec. 
it is not a JRPG by literal definition, but it it is a JRPG styled game, um, and it's an excellent game. I, I don't You've know. been playing it, right? You love yeah. it. Have you played it? I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. Yeah, it's on my, it's I watched, on my list. I watched, I, lo- I watched Vince's video review and was like, yep, this looks amazing. And then when I when he said 10 to 15 hours of gameplay, I was like, yes, awesome. Because that was my big turnoff of like, do I have another j- long RPG Part of the right appeal now. of South Park, too, yeah, right? Right, like right. 12 hours, 12 amazing hours, and I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think South Park is the best game of the year. And I, I, I'm with I, you. And I, I wonder... I'm still floored when I think about how much I love that game, like how how just how good that game was. And Child of Light is a close second for me. Uh, Danganronpa is my third favorite game. Um, everyone's like, "Where's Infamous?" Infamous probably be fourth or fifth around what Mercenary Kings would probably make up in there. But Child of Light is special. Like it really is. It, it, it it's emotional in, in in a similar way that I think Unfinished Swan or Journey were. Mm, like mm. Um, not quite like make me want to cry like Journey did, but uh, there's something there. There's something quaint and unsaid about the characters and everything is written in rhymes which is awesome um the writing's really good music's really good the fighting system is extraordinary and what i was telling i was talking to vince about it yesterday a a lot of rpg fans will appreciate this it reminds me of final fantasy 6 not in a literal sense but in the sense of like how something simple like in final fantasy 6 espers could dynamically change the entire fighting structure of the game and this is um based all on timing meters on the bottom of the screen and that's it so it's like this like this like basically you're moving you know you know at your own speed and you can manipulate it with magic and items um, and when you get to the last fifteen percent or so of the meter you can start interrupting everyone's moves by attacking them during that time so it's all about like this timing but timing over multiple turns like you'll hmm. defend to try to sync up with that person so you can interrupt their attack the next time like it's very deep in its simplicity which reminds me of Final Fantasy VI a lot nice. um, so I highly highly recommend that game. Highly recommend that game to everyone. Another neat point about Child of Light, it's sort of piggybacking off of the conversation we just finished, was that, you know, it's that's a, that's a game that was uh, a passion project for, I can't remember his name, I believe it's, he was the uh, creative director on, I think, Far Cry 3, mm. if I remember correctly. And he went to Ubisoft management and said, hey, I want to do this thing, this like, you know, little downloadable, smaller tier thing. Credit to Ubisoft for saying yes. We will make. We will let you make that game. We will support you to make that game. Most publishers, for the creative director on a trip, one of the AAA franchises that's making the company huge money, no, do it would again be like, and make a small. Nope, go back and make Far Cry Four. Uh, sorry, we don't have time for this little little thing. Yeah. I think I think the list of publishers that would have even greenlit and gone ahead with with Child of Light and supported that for their developer is very strong. I think Sony would have, um, Microsoft. Maybe not if it was 343. If it was a guy from 343, would be like, nope, go back to making Halo. Uh, but yeah, Ubisoft is good page. about that. But like Activision would be like, get out of here. Um, you know, most publishers, I think, would would not have, have gone along with that game. So credit to Ubisoft there. I agree. And I, I think just generally Ubisoft deserves a lot of credit. They're becoming – I don't like Assassin's Creed at all. I'm like very clear about that. But I love Far Cry and mm. and, and I love you know Rayman and some yeah. of these other games they do. And they, they do a lot of They're cool becoming stuff. in a pretty extraordinarily consistent – the, the, a publisher the with crew the, yeah. yes but the for that strength is also a weakness with them because it, they've also because they're so open creatively and they really do empower their developers so much the negative effect is we went uh let's see i don't know if it was something like 4 plus years between splinter cell games because they keep they literally restarted development two or three times rainbow 6 is gone uh, that was a triple a premier franchise if they'd have kept going 
you know, I'm not suggesting, I'm not defending annualization, but if they'd have just sort of tightened the reins a little bit, they could have had Rainbow Six be a premier money-making huge online franchise. Instead, it's gone. Like they're a hundred percent of their ground is has been ceded to Call of Duty and uh, and its ilk. Artists got an art. Rain, go uh, Ghost Recon was restarted multiple times. Uh, it took Future Soldier, I think, four or five years to come out. So th- they've they've for their they have kind of screwed up some of their major franchises, but the the that. But at the same time, they've they make these awesome things happen too. So it's an interesting. I mean, I'd rather have it the way they're doing it mm. than because Activision is the opposite extreme, where it's annualization or death or screw you. Right. We're not even going to publish your game. So, you know, it. I'd rather have a Ubisoft than an Activision. But at the same time, man, it would have been nice to have you know Rainbow Six at least one sure. over the last like, yeah. seven years. And, I'll just, and you'll be pleased to learn this just real quick. Rainbow Six 3 is still my favorite online game, and that was my favorite Xbox game. And I loved, loved, loved that fucking game. I played you, the shit out of that game on Xbox, man. Yeah. Did you finish the single-player campaign or just mostly play online? I played a single-player campaign, and I played the single-player campaign so many times that I would kill everyone on my team. And then you go to some of those maps by myself because I found the the controls like so obnoxious to use. It's similar with SOCOM, uh, but I played it online. I played with online with Jeremy Dunham and Hillary and all yeah, the yeah. old school IGN guys with my headset. I remember walking through the snow in Boston in college to like like it was a snow day. We got snowed out. I remember going to Best Buy to buy that game. Like I remember getting my Xbox Live up. I remember having one of the computer majors on my floor manipulate my Ethernet cable so Xbox Live would read it and I wouldn't get in trouble. With for like for eating up your bandwidth, yeah, because if I it, yeah, like it was like deferring my bandwidth, <laughs> shit. Like it was like it was like this ingenious thing just to play this game, and and I still have really fond memories of that game. That's, that was that's an excellent was, game. The original killer app for Xbox Live before Halo Two came around, and yeah. those were the good old days of Xbox Live when you could pretty much jump into any random game, and it would there would be cool people in there that wouldn't be insulting you. Yeah, or, they were, yeah I remember or, everyone being really nice. Yeah, or screaming at their mom for the chocolate early milk. Days or, yes, of that are gone forever. Game. Yeah. Uh, Colin, yes. can you believe it? We have a hit of the week. I can't believe that, no. no okay. It's from Ryan, not Clements. Don't worry. He mm-hmm. says Beyond. Beyond. I'm picking up Borderlands 2 Vita bundle and would like to play online with my fellow Beyond listeners. Can I be hit of the week? Ryan, you can be hit of the week. Remember, everybody send him Beyonds and become his friend on the PSN. His PSN name is Shifty1897. He's old. S H I F T Y eighteen ninety seven. Well, right course, before the Spanish American War. I was going to say right before the Napoleon. It's fight. a veteran gamer right That's there. The yeah, Napoleon. Yeah, nineteen ninety seven. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. So everybody send Shifty eighteen ninety seven. Good vibes. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Podcast Beyond, IGN's PlayStation Podcast, the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. Remember, send questions to beyond at IGN.com. Get the MP3 every Tuesday. Download the video on Wednesday once I upload it. It's then you can download it if yeah. you want, but you could just watch it. You can just watch it too, I guess. Remember we used Dream to have it. to remember we used to download videos. Or yeah, watch the videos? first video I ever downloaded. We've talked about this before. The first video I ever downloaded on my 56k modem was um, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog going to episode <laughs> one's premiere <laughs> and making fun of everyone. And it took me like two days. You get the video on YouTube. You get the podcast on your podcast servers. You get the video on IGN.com, and then download that PlayStation 4 IGN app where you can watch everything there. To keep up on what we're doing, go to at IGN on Twitter. I'm at Game Over Greggy. Colin is at No Taxation, and Ryan is at DMC underscore Ryan. Not yes. for Devil May Cry. No, Correct. for the DeLorean. DeLorean Motor Company. As it deserves to be. Every podcast beyond ends in a song we call Ryan's wrap up. This one comes from Joshua. Joshua says hello and beyond. Beyond. 
I will soon be graduating from college with a degree in mechanical engineering. Oh, you're going to get a good job. be making bank. Yeah, he's going to make a lot of money. However, despite entering a rather technical major, I spend most of my time engaging in the arts, music, photography, poetry, and even a little game design. Renaissance man. Throughout these four years beyond has helped get me through the most along with a lot. What? He's played, he, he listens to the show while he plays Dark Souls and Demon's Souls. I love Souls. how you just get all fucked up when there's a typo, typographical error. Well, it's just because it doesn't process. <laughs> I, refuse to, I refuse to read incorrect grammar. Anyway, I have a habit of not releasing anything I do in the art realm. So here's me stepping out of my box. If you'd have it, here's a tribute to Dark Souls entitled Sign of Dark. This would also be the coolest graduation gift ever. Much love, thanks, and beyond, Joshua. Happy graduation. Happy graduation, Joshua. Send us some of your money. I was going to say, <laughs> congratulations on becoming a real adult, <laughs> moving on, getting a family, a nice job. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Joshua's song, Sign of the Dark. Remember, send yours to beyond at IGN.com, and we'll see you next week. Listen to Podcast on the Lock, too. Beyond! Beyond. Then you go. Beyond. There you go. <laughs> Say it! Say it! Say it!
Swear to me. Swear to me. Thanks, guys. No problem. Good times. Thank you.